if you don't balance lifestyle with financial literacy, you'll never be successful. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. people uh, this is the create your life series i'm your host kevin y brown uh so happy to be here with you today we have two amazing guests um we have uh the co-founders of financial clean sean and dion please say hello to the create your life series family hey create life people out there hello guys how are you man uh thank you guys so much for taking the time to be on the show uh with us uh, I first want to jump out there. You guys are doing amazing work that is actually really um, changing the lives of especially young people. Can you explain to me uh, what uh, Financial Clean is? Well, Financially Clean is a financial literacy youth program. So we actually go into high schools, uh, youth organizations, college access mentorship programs. Um, we're, we're talking to at-risk youth. Uh, young men uh, about how to manage, protect, and grow their money. And the idea is for it to be a proactive mm-hmm. um, approach to um, teaching financial literacy rather than a reactive, which is what a lot of, of what you see out there, you know, and they're already in trouble, right? Yeah, we wanted to, you know, we believe that, you know, it, success is defined by access. We just felt like a lot of people, especially in our community, the reason why they have a the success that we think they should achieve just because they haven't given the same opportunities as others. So we kind of want to level the playing field instead of it being, you know, a credit repair show or program or podcast that we do. We wanted to have a proactive approach and teach these uh, young children financial literacy before their credit goes bad. So our goal is, primary goal is to get to every child before they're 18 and teach them um, financial literacy so they're ahead of the curve ahead of the game and my goal is that hopefully they outdo me and many others ahead of me Mm, i like that you guys have some really cool core principles can you tell us what those are and how each one of them um really uh excites you and, and ignites um in alignment with your mission Sure. Well, first and foremost, I want to let everybody know this is a financial literacy program, Mm -hmm. but there is a self-development piece to it as well. Mm. And we really do believe that financial literacy and lifestyle go hand in hand. Mm. So uh, that's another reason why we make it a 12-week program. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-off. It's really about changing a mindset, habits, Mm -hmm. right? You need at least 30 days to to, to create a habit, right? Absolutely. And within our program, uh, Financially Clean is an acronym. So... C stands for credit. We spend about five classes alone just talking about credit because that is so crucial 
right, in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, learning L is actually learning to live without. Um, and we're not just pulling these these um, these phrases out of the air. These are things that Shelton has lived by his entire life. Mm-hmm. So learning to live without is really about budgeting, mm-hmm. uh, wants mm-hmm. versus needs, right? Absolutely. Um, and E is for education, and really try to get into the value in education, um, how to leverage your education, and the idea that um, uh, there are so many opportunities out there to pay for school, mm-hmm. whether it's scholarships, bursaries. We really try to, try to teach our kids that loan should be your last option, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we know the stats on, on student loans these days. It's the number one form of consumer debt outside of mortgages, right? Absolutely. It's crippling young people. So that's mm-hmm. why that is so key to our program. Uh, attention to detail, and that's really right, come in. Uh, that really focuses on personal branding. Mm. So um, the more you invest in your or I'll even quote Warren Buffett, the more you, uh, you know, the more you invest in your self-worth, you increase your net worth, right? So there is a direct link to your financial situation, right? If you are uh, further investing in yourself and getting a higher return, eventually on what, on, on what, you're, uh, on what you put into yourself and your brand, right? Mm-hmm. So you'll get the better clients, you'll get the better schools, right? Absolutely. And then uh, N is no shame in your game. And that's really about, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get where you want to be. And success look like whatever that can look like for you. We're not saying there's one path to success, but you may have to roll up your sleeves and do what you have to do to get there, right? And just keeping your eye on your prize. Absolutely. So that's what no shame rounds out the whole program. I, I love that. But, yeah. And to continue, you know, the goal of our program, I always tell the kids that we teach, you know, as adults, we tend to be dream killers. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, I, we encourage the kids to do what they want to do, whatever they want to do, whatever they choose to do in life whether it's be a doctor, be a lawyer, be a musician, you know, work for a nonprofit, whatever their chosen path and their heart desires, do that. And our goal is to build a financial plan around their life goals mm. and teach them how they can get there and how they can help the net, how financial financial literacy can make them reach their goal and their, and their purpose in life. Because once again, um, if you don't, balanced lifestyle with financial literacy, you'll never be successful. So we want to give them the financial tools in order to reach their life goals. And if I may add too, um, I, I think this is why it resonates so well with the young people, mm-hmm. is that we make sure they write down their life goals in the first class. They even talk about anything financial mm-hmm. before they actually write down their goals. And for the most part, they share. They actually do share with the group. Um, because we find once they can uh, see how financial literacy will relate to them and their mm-hmm. own lives, they're yeah. much more engaged, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because they need mm-hmm. to see themselves. Um, so, right. wow, I, I love this. So, with the twelve week, it's a twelve week program. So, once a student goes through the twelve week program, do they get like some kind of certificate, or like is there some uh, recognition for the accomplishment? And what if they want to take it again? Is that an option, or how does that work? What? Well, the program is continually evolving. I will say there is a big hoopla at the end. We usually bring in a keynote speaker. Um, last year, we had a VP from the Federal Reserve, for example. We do give out certificates so they can say they're living financially clean. Uh, each student also rece- receives a, a wristband that says live financially clean mm-hmm. to remind them to pay their bills on time, you know, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we do we do make it a big deal. We have with certain uh, uh, organizations or schools where, we're, where we've returned, um, we've actually set up 
situations where there is the initial 11th grade course, and then we come back and do a more advanced program for those who would like to go on uh, in 12th grade before they go on to college. And one thing we did last year, very proud of what we did, how we evolved the program last year, which I think is good. You know, I find, you know, a lot of us that, you know, make it out that become successful, mm-hmm. they don't have a vehicle in which to return. Or, you know, they're so caught up in their day-to-day lives, they forget about giving back. So what we did, we created a bridge, meaning mm. that throughout the 12 weeks, we had guest speakers of many different professions from friends, from people that worked on ESPN, mm-hmm. um, from people that worked for BET, people that was brand managers for Victoria's Secret, people that were lawyers, graduated from Harvard people that were entrepreneurs that own restaurants and own grooming places and, and of all likeness, color, we had mm-hmm. black women, black men, Hispanic women. We had people from the LBG community as well. Um, mm-hmm. And they all spoke on their chosen career and then tied it into financial literacy, explained them just because I'm a doctor, just because I'm a lawyer, just because I work for ESPN, doesn't mean that I, financial literacy is not critical in my, my success. Okay. So drawing that connection students being able, especially we were in Brownsville, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. um, it was great for them. They were seeing people of their likeness that are successful and that mm-hmm. they, I can tell they were never given the opportunity that they could speak to people like that and ask them direct questions. And we kind of opened up the door like, you know, success is not defined by how well you shoot a basketball or catch a football, but success is going to be defined by these people. I had students in my class that one guy, you know, he just wants to wear a white collar shirt to work every day and walk into an office. So I made sure I bought a realtor in of somebody that of his likeness and this guy was able to work with him in the summer and, and and as part of his assistant he got a summer job through our program so i'm really proud of those things we're doing connecting community because i believe there's a lot of successful people in our community that you know need to be highlighted and need to let, let these kids see that there's people of your likeness and their path to success was not a difficult path it was graduating from high school attending a four-year college and so forth and so forth so it's really about you know, creating those bridges and letting kids see here is where the path is, here the opportunity, and yet you still need to be financially responsible. Okay, I love that. How long have you guys been running Financially Clean? It's just over, over two years now. Two years. Yeah. It feels like 20 years, but two Yeah, years. it's been quite an adventure, I must say. Uh, we've touched almost 1,000 kids at this point, so it's really exciting. Awesome. Uh, Getting some great opportunities. Like, we have an opportunity to hopefully work with the first year and second year NBA rookies during All Star Weekend, knock on wood. Um, we're in the final stages of that. You know, we are now teaching, and we're going to be teaching at a, a major high school in in Chelsea in Manhattan, which is another a good thing. Their back. entire uh, senior student body, which is really exciting too, um, before they go off to college, which is where we really want to grab them, right? Before they uh, start absolutely. getting hit by the credit card, uh, you know. And the practice partnering with um, I Mentor as well. We're doing a little. We're doing a workshop there with. It's like a big brother program. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the opportunities keep coming our way. They keep people keep reaching out and wanting the program, which is which is an amazing thing to see happen and to see these kids' lives change and from you know wanting to bling clothes, bling big mansions to wanting to be landlords, mm-hmm. and understanding credit scores and so forth, and knowing how to leverage that and make that work for them is amazing transition and i guess what also makes it so rewarding is sometimes i mean i would love to invite you to a, a class one day mm-hmm. um but you'd walk in and sometimes you wouldn't know we we're talking about financial literacy because we're having so much fun 
So we try to make it very relatable, very accessible, pare it down, you know, in terms of the verbiage that we use. It's um, in terms of Sean's delivery. It's, it's a straight talk kind of strategic approach. And again, I think that's why we connect so well with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's role play, there's case study and a, a lot of group discussion. Um, so, yeah, they're having fun learning what's something that can be quite dry at times. Right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, how are you guys tracking the data of the successes or the, the learnings? the learnings of the kids who are actually going through your program? Well, we do a, a, a survey that the kids complete a questionnaire, and it's a ranking thing. It ranks what you thought of the overall program. It mm-hmm. ranks, you know, uh, what, what did you learn, what you didn't learn, and it's like a 20-question um, seminar, that, um, questionnaire that we provide to the kids where they don't have to put their names on it and give mm-hmm. their honest opinion. And to date, knock on metal, knock on wood, we yeah. have had a 90, almost 90% um appreciation or likeness of the program and we've we've ranked you know in the top 90 percentile as well as far as overall like questions is what they think do they like dislike so the feedback we get directly from the students themselves awesome and it's all been back and you know we've there's nowhere that we've gone that we haven't been invited again to come so mm-hmm. so we're still quite young so we look forward to seeing the kids uh, a year out two years out five years out from now we do look forward to tracking that um, mm-hmm. We actually do have one of our students who became an outreach coordinator for us, and she's actually looking to buy her first home. She started her side hustle doing Uber Eats. Um, her credit score, uh, she said, went up from from you know good to excellent. So, so when she can go out there, we do resource fairs and tell kids, look, this program, it's worth it. My credit score went up. 50 points. I'm looking to buy a home. Now I thought it was so intimidating, but now I realize I can do it. That makes it worthwhile, you know? Okay. No, that, that, that's actually really amazing. Now, for you two, you've actually started out, um, were you both educators at first, or you started out in different careers? What, insi- what inspired you to uh, make this transition into this uh, line of work that you do, that you're now doing? Well, I'll, I'll let Sean start. Cause really- we're both originally from Canada, and I, we, I migrated here in 96 and came in 98. And when I came in 96, uh, I, I came here to work. My big dream in life was to be this big Wall Street guy. Okay. And so I worked uh, on a banks. I worked for Chase, Payne Weber, and American Express. Mm-hmm. And while working in there, you know, I, I was actually in the building when 9-11 happened, and that was kind of a turning point in my life. I decided, oh, wow. you know, after New Jersey, yeah, after we went to New Jersey, I decided to take a package and leave. And I always knew when I was in the market that I was more, um, I was to real estate that I was into stocks and bonds and so forth. I just felt I had more control. I control my investment a lot better. So I, I delved into real estate. And then when I left American Express, my last job, I was buying and selling properties. And then I started an online business. And um, that did well. And so did real estate. And I felt like, you know, I was teaching my kids things. But, you know, as a servant of my community, I think it's I got to go beyond my kids and teach those in my community as well. So I decided that you know, there was a way in which I need to package. And Dion was, you know, was the catalyst, was the one always pushing me to, you know, to do better. So I felt like, you know what, we need to package this and deliver um, financial literacy the way we know how to deliver it and the way we know that kids can connect to. So we decided to, you know, I was asked to speak at one of my friend's summer programs and we came up with the acronym first. It was clear, cleanse, and then just clean hit us. Mm-hmm. And then we put some letters behind it. It would all float out to credit, learn to live without education, attention, and so forth. Forth. And then 
it all came together. We did this great, amazing presentation, and then we we shelved it for a couple of years, and then it just organically came back into our world, and we built out a program, and um, and that and that's the story. And I'll be honest with you, I I went from from fashion to finance, so I did not come from this world. Mm-hmm. I did not come from a teaching background. Um, I worked in the wholesale luxury women's uh, business my entire career. Okay. Um, I. Uh, in my last position, I decided, you know what? I just, I just felt like there was something more I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? I, w- I was, I actually was involved in a really exciting launch um, uh, opportunity uh, with Kleinfeld, New York. It was one of the big, biggest buzzed about retail ventures at the time, and um, I should have been really happy, you know. Mm-hmm. But I felt like there was something more I was called to do. I felt, um, I thought, I thought I was going to go back to school and teach kindergarten, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, there was something always nagging in the back of my mind, I think from the the, 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 uh, yeah, the birth of my son and just seeing him being a sponge, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, then it, Sean approached me, he said, Dion, can you help me build, build this thing? You know, you'd be perfect. And I realized, wow, okay, um, it's checking off all the boxes, educating, empowering young people, and giving back. Right, because those are the three things I was looking to do. Absolutely. And so I wore it. So I was still educating, just in a different way. I'm still empowering, mm-hmm. just in a different way. And then here we are, almost two years later. Yeah, and I, that's the way God works. I, I always believe God only helps those who help themselves. So if you work towards something, He'll give you what you want. It may not be even in the manner in which you thought it was going to be presented, but mm-hmm. then when you reflect, you're like, "Whoa, this is everything I was asking for, and then some." So, this is the perfect thing because I always wanted to be close to finance and help and so forth. And this is the perfect thing to me because I don't want to be a broker or a trader or an advisor, but I like to be somebody that can educate. Okay. No, it makes makes sense. That's that's amazing. I love that, the fact that you guys have come from different industries, come together to collaborate to make something, uh, you know, that's really making an impact. Uh, that being said, what do you guys think is some of the a secret uh, or two or three, you know, to having great chemistry and being able to work uh, with the, you know, as great co-founders. Wow. Well, you definitely, you, you definitely have to be. I, I think one thing about Sean and I, I will say this: we are on the same pace. If you will. We don't always necessarily agree mm-hmm. on on every decision, mm-hmm. but we both have um, the same mindset. Like, you know, let's go for it. You know, let's. It may see something that might seem completely far fetched to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, well, why don't we just try? What does it hurt to try? You yes. know, what does it hurt to ask? Right. Mm-hmm. So we are, we have, we're like these big picture kind of visionary people that say, hey, you know, this doesn't hurt. You know, you never know until you try. Yeah. Thing. I think that's important. Yeah, I think we also have you know confidence in into our abilities. And you know, when we first started this program. Maybe we just went down to City Hall and registered a business, and that was it. And people were saying, you know, I like what you're going to do, but it's so bureaucratic to teach in high schools, and there's so many things you have to do. And it was all the nay-nays of how it can't be done. But then they would say, but it's so needed. But financially, it's so needed. But there's so much hurdles in this and that. And, we, you know, I ignore all that. I just focus on the prize. And, like, Dion and I are about giving quality content. Mm-hmm. But I think that's where, when she says we are all we're on the same pace and where we, we sometimes – but had to go because we're trying to produce the best. We're trying to work with someone to produce the best. If there's no 
yes man, no yes woman and no yes man right. between us. So we're constantly trying to, and we both know, we both Push have each, each other's other. best interest. Mm -hmm. We're trying to produce the best product or service. And by doing so, it causes us some tense moments. Mm -hmm. Back to the school situation, we just said we're going to go for it. And before you know, we were able to register as a vendor for the school board, which nobody thought we could do. Mm -hmm. And then we got our first chance in a, a public school classroom, which is an after-school program. Yeah, mm -hmm. we started out as an after-school program, and we were on a Saturday, the on a Saturday, started off with, and that we knocked that out. And okay. then we got into a, an after-school program during the week, and we knocked that out, and right. everything was a And then we got into a school during. The, the class day, hours. The, during the class mm -hmm. hours, and we knocked that Which out. Which we thought there was going to be a lot of red tape, because again, we're not, you know, formally, you know, we're not edu licensed educators. Mm -hmm. We thought, oh, this, you know, anybody else would have said, no way, you know, but here we are, we're doing it. Yeah, they, yeah. And then we finally got to the point where we're teaching our program exclusively as a course curriculum in a class to graduating students, where we thought nobody thought we could be, and we did it in less than two years. So I think, yeah, we, we're just very daring, and we just, uh, yeah, we don't take no. Um, and then we also, when Sean touched on knowing our abilities and strengths, I know Sean, Sean has his strengths, and I have mine. Mm -hmm. So that also helps when you're working as a team, you know, when you know where your strengths are. Absolutely. And that's why you'll get get the synergy. Man, and we're dreamers, you know, we're dreamers, you know. Mm. We're dreamers, and but we try to make our dreams a reality. You know, the whole NBA thing, it's always been my passion. It, it cringes me to success people in our community to do well and lose what they have and not know how to leverage it, not turn it into generational wealth, not give it back to the community. So our podcast and being out there in the schools gave us a referral. Somebody referred our program to, like I said, rookie NBA players during All-Star Weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's like a dream come true for me to teach these young, powerful one men that have been blessed with fortune how to keep that fortune, you know, so that's like, wow, look at this. This is one thing I always wanted to do. And people said that would take years. But within two years, we're at a position where we're one more interview away. <laughs> we're really just literally one interview more. We passed the other interviews. We're one interview away from being part of that. And that's exciting. I think you said something that's, that's important. Is You know, somebody said that it would take years. And it has taken years, but because somebody says it takes years doesn't mean that it's going to take 10 years. You know, it could take two years, you know what I mean, to right. actually get to your dreams. Sometimes you just got to see for yourself and you got to jump out there. I love how you said that, Dion. You know, we're, we're, we're risk takers. You know, and Sean, you said yes. we're dreamers. You know, that's mm -hmm. an essential part of being an entrepreneur and literally making things happen. Um, if we could rewind. Another thing, too, is that people. Go ahead. Another thing I was going to say, too, is. Embrace the journey. The journey is so yes, much fun. Yes, and the, we have our pitfall. We've had our setbacks. Don't get me wrong. Embrace the journey. Mm -hmm. the journey but it's is, all part of it. You know, journey's part of it. Don't put this goal where you're, like, you're just going to hovel in a corner to get there. Embrace the journey. Like Along this journey, we've met. I met you. Like at a, We were both selected modern man of distinction, and we both met. The energies were right, and look where we are today. Absolutely. So, and that's part of the journey. The journey is the fun part. Can you give the listeners the secret to obtaining your first contract for the DOE. What was that like for you guys? First of all, you got to understand it. I'm not in any way an over-religious person, but I believe, once again, your true partner is God. If you work with him, he'll work with you. And mm -hmm. a lot of stuff is positioning, right point, and energy. Yeah, I, I truly believe in that. So we were at the bank opening up our account at Chase for financial clean, registering, opening up, and we're talking to the banker, telling him about our program, and he's loving it, and somebody overheard us telling him. And that guy worked for the Department of Education. Mm. And he loved what we were doing. He's still our friends to today. He took the time to meet us. When people see and they see that your passion is good, you'd be surprised 
the positive people that come into your circle. I mean, I have met in the last two years some fantastic people. So we met with him, one of his good friends was a principal at a school, and we interviewed with him, and I'm going to let Deanna finish it off because Deanna knows this famous line that he said to us after. Yes, and really we were only going in there for him to help us navigate mm-hmm. the whole education, the Department of Education system to see how we could maneuver and get our program. And by the time we finish our, our pitch, um, he said, you know what? I'm going to give you a play. And it was so surreal because we were going in for one thing, mm-hmm. and he offered us our first contract. Wow. And this was a school out in Brooklyn. Uh, they're called one of the community schools that um, uh, the mayor has, which I think is an awesome initiative that he's doing. So these are underserved, under-resourced schools that are given mm-hmm. uh, a short list of um, uh, uh, social service support. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really take a holistic approach to helping these kids learn and in and outside of the classroom, right? So it's not just about passing grades. Maybe they need glasses. They'll give them free glasses. If they, you know, mm. so we were part of helping that school through financial empowerment and teaching their schools, kids financial literacy. So that was our first official contract, and it was an amazing feeling. Okay. What has been you guys' strategy to growing uh, the business of financially clean? You know, like what would you say are like some of your success secrets and ways that you've been able to expand uh, so quickly in this these last two years? Well, I, I am privileged to be partnered with the networking queen. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can smile and get get through a room better than Dion. And I learn from her every day the art of networking. So I would say to those people out there, you got to put yourself out there. You got to be able to approach people. Like I, I remember approaching you and then you telling me that, hey, you're one of the people I wanted to meet. So yes. it's putting yourself out there. Um, body language, eye contact, and, you know, knowing how to work a room and not, and, you know, and wherever there is event aligned with what you're trying to do, be mm-hmm. there. And I'm sure Dion can even go further because, like I said, she, I am horrible at network when it comes to her. Well, I think you did a very good job because here we are here today, Sean, on the Create Your Life. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. You have to put yourself out there. You can't be afraid to talk about what you do. Mm. Be proud of it. Yeah. Right? And like Sean said, get in those circles, Right? Get, uh, you know, get involved in different associations. Uh, we became a part of a coalition of um, CBOs, uh, community-based organizations in East New York. That mm-hmm. was a, a big launching pad for us mm-hmm. uh, that they meet monthly. And I had the opportunity of actually presenting to the entire group. It's about 50 different community-based organizations around East New York. And that was actually the big launching pad for us. Just started getting calls after calls and emails, you know, after that presentation, you know, can you teach at our organization? Can you teach at our school? And then from there, it just kind of spiraled, you know, but you can't rest on your laurels. So yeah, I continue to, to try and connect with people, get out to events and things like that. And it takes time. So don't think because you met someone one day mm-hmm. that they're going to give you a play. Sometimes right. it takes you know, months, a couple of years to build the relationship. A perfect example, um, I was invited to a, an event uh, being hosted by the National Association for Black Accountants. Mm-hmm. I happened to just meet a young lady in the audience, you know, and we've stayed in touch through LinkedIn. And don't forget about LinkedIn. So there's the online and offline networking, you know, at your, at your disposal. And it was months and months of seeing our different events and different, you know, and, and staying in touch. And then eventually, and keep up to date on our, our, um, milestones or different you know events that we've had going on and wouldn't you know it 
She is now the president of the financial literacy arm of the NABA. And she called me last week and said, Dion, I have a team of volunteers and we want to help. Amazing. And that was definitely over a year of, of communicating and building building a relationship. So, right. I love yeah. that, that you said building. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people fail to realize, you know, you meet somebody, but, you know, it takes a while, you know. Exactly. It does. It and, does. And, and then I, Sean and I were always about unique partnerships too, collaborations, mm-hmm. thinking outside the box. Yeah. Uh, and Sean was the one that came up with the podcast idea. Okay. You know, for those that we can't reach outside of the classroom, how do we do it? Mm-hmm. And that's how the podcast came to live. Okay. And what's and the name of the podcast? Given, it's called Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Okay. Love it. Give us a, a brief synopsis of, <laughs> of what happens on uh, Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Because Sean, that's you and a, a gentleman named Arlington. Is that correct? Correct, correct. Well, and we all are, you know, go back to our college days. We all went to school together. And Arlington and I, I he lives in L.A. and I live in New York. Okay. So when I go up, I went, I was in L.A. a lot you know, the last 10, 10 years ago for work. And every time we'd go to L.A., and even currently on the phone, we'd always have these long, drawn-out discussions about finance and lifestyle and so forth. And, you know, I went to, my friend invited me to a, a podcast event, which I'd never been to one before. And it was really just it's a tell a story podcast. You get up and you just tell your tell a story. Mm-hmm. And I got left there and I, again, it's God's work. I was like, you know, we should do this. We should do a podcast. And I thought about all my friends. That's the thing. You got to leverage your resources. And I'm like, which of my friends could I think I could do something cool with who adds value, who's like the yin to my yang. Mm-hmm. And it was Arlington. Then mm-hmm. he brought up the idea. And we want to do something financial. We want something fun. So we brought up the idea of, you know, let's do a, let's do a straight talk approach to exactly what we talk about on the phone. Mm-hmm. But then we needed, like, we couldn't, we thought about just him and I going back and forth wouldn't be as much added value. We need somebody hardcore to come and deliver the facts. So who else but the lady with the facts that we brought in? That would be of, me. <laughs> round out the team. And, um, Keep these bar- these guys in line. Because it's kind of a barbershop feel in terms of the conversation. Again, okay. very hair down. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun at times. But, yeah, so then I'll come in and kind of lay down the law with the history and the stats and the cold hard and the facts. Do- <laughs> and, the, and the doors that that has opened up has been amazing. I mean, Black Enterprise uh, nominated us as the fourth best black podcast in America. Yeah, I saw that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we went to Can- CBC Canada, which is the equivalent of CNN in the U.S., has invited mm-hmm. us a number of times to appear on a number of their different radio shows and talk about our podcast and have us as hosts and so forth. I mean, and it's really catching on to the point I, I can't believe it sometimes that the people are cluing in, listening to our episodes, and, and life-changing. The comments that we're getting now and the views that we're getting from people is truly amazing that it, to be affecting people's lives in that matter. And oh. even how the name come up with one of sitting at a coffee shop was telling what we're doing, and she was just like, why don't you just call it Two Black Guys with Good Credit? Yeah. That's how the name came up. Oh, that is so fitting to what we're trying to do. Yeah. Dispel those, those myths, because they're definitely more than two. What has been like the most challenging part of your journey so far? Funding. <laughs> yeah, funding. You know, we, we've, had, we've self-funded it, um, really. And what we tried to focus, Dion and I, we really initially wanted to make sure we had a solid program. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, and I tell anybody that starts a business, even as, especially as an African-American, you want to do something with no excuses. Where you have a business, you have, you're providing a service where nobody can say, oh, but if you only had this. Oh, if you only did this. Oh, so we wanted to make this, I always call it a no-excuse business, so that when we presented it, everything was right on and we had everything covered. So we put a lot of effort into really making sure it was a sound, solid, no-excuse program. Now that we've done that, 
now you know the challenges of navigating getting funding is is, is, a, is a challenge that's in a that's a course in itself that's really a challenging part of where we what we're trying to do so I would say agree funding okay awesome um so what what would you say has been the most re- rewarding aspect of doing financial clean kids kids to see the change in them see them go from wanting to be like i said wanting to have the best car and some kids even wanted to open up strip clubs and now like wanting to multi-family properties in new york city knowing their credit trying to keep credit knowing about paying their bills seeing that you know it's it's real change you know we've made and that's generational change because they're going to teach these things to their kids Mm -hmm. and their kids and so far so making that generational change you know that when, we, when I leave this world and when Dion leaves this world we have impacted like I mean one daughter used to go home and teach her mother one student used to go home and teach her mother what we taught in class and her mother and inspired her mother to get her real estate license mm-hmm. that's that's change. good stuff you know? yeah absolutely so with, with the uh saying that you know one of the most challenging aspects of running this company was to actually you know keep keep funding keep the funding alive uh, how did you actually overcome that? And then how do you also stay motivated when you're going through these hard times? What are some of you guys' secrets to staying motivated? Well, we know what we're doing is good for the world. So that keeps you going. Uh, we have at this point, at one time, we were just a, a one, two man show. Uh, we now have a board mm-hmm. of people who are just as passionate as, as we are uh, that help us keep this going. Um, and coming up with uh, interesting and unique ways that we can, you know, create um, funding opportunities for ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, I think, what keeps us going. Uh, the um, just interesting projects and, and we've even created a, a, a game, an insurance game for, for elementary kids, for an insurance company um, this, last, this past uh, financial literacy month. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those kind of exciting and, and to see kids having fun learning about insurance um, mm-hmm. and seeing the final product, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that fuels us and, and keeps us going, you know? And, you know, uh, it's God's calling. You know, he calls upon you to work, to serve in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not, you know, this is something bigger than us. Right. And you, and you feel that, you know, like there's no way to ever quit because this is, God telling us that this is what we need to do to our purpose in life and this is what we should be doing and helping others and you feel his presence and you feel him pushing and guiding us to continue this work so um, we have no choice mm-hmm. yeah we just keep them nudging us along you know um, but yeah to have a really great supportive network of people mm-hmm. and uh, yeah knowing that what you're doing is, is uh a little bit in the world keeps us going for sure. Okay. What are some of the top resources that you uh, guys use in order to uh, make sure that your company is as productive and running as smoothly as possible? And this could be from tech or um, to, you know, calendars, however. I think the most important thing you got to do is surround yourself with smart people. People that are going to add value to your life and make sure sure that you're always questioning them and not you're never you're never not too big enough to ask a question and then like for example we just brought in a, 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 a millennial he's 27 years old and he's working us with doing a lot of our social media work and a lot of our um, a lot of our most of our social media work and the dynamics that he's brought to the table and the energy that he's brought has been amazing he's bringing us 
different technology ways and that we never thought we never even thought about using and how to use them so i think it's keeping it you know bringing people in that can really add value to what you're doing and letting them show you directions that you that you never thought you could go in and, and be open to those suggestions that they give don't have that tunnel vision yeah and leveraging their strengths so okay. everybody knowing what the is and leveraging those strengths i will say in terms of tech yes um as I said, we're a little old school. We are, we're bringing in some of these millennials to help us, you know, get up to speed. Uh, we use a, a form of communication called Slack. Are you, are you familiar with that? Absolutely. Which, yeah, so that really keeps us in constant communication. You can create multiple teams. Not everybody has to get every single, you know, communication. You can exchange files. So that, for me, I think has been really great in keeping us um, organized and, in, you know, in constant uh, loop, you know? So I would, that would probably be your more advanced piece of technology. Um, Dropbox is also great too um, for maintaining our files. Um, Trying to think of what else. But I think those those would be the two key things. Skype? (laughs) No, we don't Skype much, but Slack has been really important for us. Okay. Awesome. We don't have some some team members now that aren't even in New York anymore. So it's great in keeping us informed. So are you were saying? With our podcast. Well, it's really keeping us organized. But yeah. What is it? What was it that you guys use for the podcast? Well, we have, since one of the guys is in LA and I'm in New York, we use... Um, well, you'll love this. I mean, just so you know how we, how we, uh, we do our podcast, it's basically three laptops, uh, uh, a mic... Three, three laptops, three mics, and we use a, 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 a program called Zoom so we can see each other. Oh, yeah, I know Zoom. And that's how we tape. And we record in what? Again? And we use Audio Hijack to record. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's literally how we how we run our podcast. You can, if anybody's wondering, oh, my gosh, what does it take to, to start a podcast? It mm-hmm. takes a laptop and a mic and uh, a, a recording software. And uh, we do have one, a good friend who does our editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, who down, he basically had to learn an editing system. Absolutely. And that's how our podcast was born. So don't think it's impossible. Okay. Um, so do you guys, one question that I do want to ask, and, you know, when I met you all, um, you, you're so amazing, so vibrant, running financially clean, being an entrepreneur, but you guys do that so well and are expanding, but you're also parents. What are some of your keys or hacks to balancing, uh, you know, work and life? Wow. Yes. You do wear many important hats, I will say, uh, being a parent and an entrepreneur. Um, Communication, communication, communication. Because between uh, your own schedules and you can imagine how busy kids' schedules are now with after-school programs and outside leads and everything else. Communication is key. Um, we have a group chat, so we're a group family chat, so we're, all, we're always communicating uh, also by phone. Mm-hmm. Um, what else keeps us balanced? Calendars, constantly making sure our calendars are aligned with one another. Mm-hmm. You know, open community. And our son, you know, he's part of our calendars. He knows what's going on in our lives as well as um, as well as we know what's going on in his life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we always coordinating schedules and making sure that we're always, all three of us are on the, um, are on the same page. And then family meetings. Yeah. Sometimes you got to just 
take a step back, sit down, and have a family meeting to make sure we, we're all moving in the same direction. I would say it's more ad hoc, but okay. um, what would you say, like once a month? Yeah, but we have like Fridays, I like to call our pizza night, so we'll have pizza night on Fridays where we, you know, recap kind of what's going on and make sure that we're all on the same page and so forth. And then I think ad hoc sometimes Sunday, we, we Sundays are a good time where we, we probably discuss things, but like there'll be the formal. There's big stuff going like, on. For example, we're trying to get our son into a, a, one of the top high schools in New York, so we've had a number of family meetings on the plan, how we're the strategic approach to getting them in. So, um, yeah, it, we, I mean, I'm not saying we look at it as a business thing, but in some respect, we do look at it sometimes as uh, something that very structured and, you know, trying to get to a goal. Okay. Awesome. Now, do you um, do you guys have a favorite book, each of you, uh, have a favorite book that has kind of really helped you uh, on your path in life overall so far? I will say the book that was life-changing for me mm-hmm. was... Um, uh, you Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, but it really talks about, I mean, the power of your thoughts mm-hmm. and that uh, your thoughts create your life, mm-hmm. um, among other really key principles. But yeah, that was definitely a life-changing book for me. Amazing. Okay. I think I'm more inspired by a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm inspired by... Um, Barack Obama. I'm inspired by Bob Marley, and I'm inspired by um, you know Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. So I, I tend to read a lot of autobiographies and read on, on success stories. Yes. And then try to see how their success be applicable to my life. Mm-hmm. Is there any one particular uh, book that kind of sticks out to you, or that has had a profound impact on you? A book I read years ago on. Um, it was called The White Guys Can't Out All the Fun. And I oh. remember reading that. And he was that video of, of, of bears, I think, um, yogurt. And um, just hearing his story and through Wall Street, I, it kind of inspired me to, to know that, hey, there is a path. And if you're willing and able to, you can get through this path and achieve success. Okay. Yeah, that's by Reginald F. Lewis. I'm very familiar. Reginald F. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so do you guys, do each of you have a favorite quote? that you live by or a model? Uh, I have a few, um, but I will say, please share. I have, I have certainly lived this through, um, trying to build financially clean mm-hmm. and that, and that was from Tim, Ro- uh, Tim Robbins, Tony Robbins, sorry, Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. And he said, success is not about resources, but resourcefulness. Mm. And that definitely, I, I think about where we've come with what, you know, what we've, you know, what we literally started with, and uh, you can cre- you can create a way out of no way, you know, if you really put your mind to it. So that one definitely stays with me. When one door is closed, many others will open. You know, awesome. it's really about perseverance and and believing in yourself and having confidence in what you're doing. And I really believe, you know, if anything anybody learns today, when you find your passion and something you're good at. Um, Success is just around the corner. Mm. Okay. Now, for each of you, can you give us three jewels that uh, you would tell someone? This is the question that nobody can escape to create your life series without answering. Three jewels that you would tell someone looking to create their best life. Uh, Surround yourself with positive people. Mm. 
they say that you are the average of the five people that you spend time with. So that's important. Um, put pen to paper. I'm a firm believer in that. You know, I write my goals down. I write what I want to, I, what I, how I envision my life. So put pen to paper. I think it's a very powerful thing. Um, and number three, I would say is a gratitude attitude. Be grateful, be thankful all along the way. You know, no matter what, at what stage you are in your life, um, be thank, be find something to be thankful for. And I would say those would be the three things for me. Okay. Um, for me, it would, you know, I learned from when I moved to New York and I was always, I was, a, I, I thought I was a great basketball player in Canada. When I came to New York, you know, I, I used to play at a particular park and, and it would always just test my confidence and my brother would always reinforce that. You're, you're only as good as your confidence. So, you know, don't let anybody, especially amongst African-Americans, steal your confidence from you. So be confident in what you do, but then back it up by educating yourself, being whatever you choose to be in, mastering that. You know, you can be a jack of all trades and a master of none. So being able to say that you own this particular um, industry or field or whatever you try to do, and this is your thing, and this is you, this is what you do better than 95% of the people in the world. Um, secondly, I would say is... Um, perseverance like life is a journey enjoy it and and you know and understand that although your goals can be you know may not necessarily fall in the path you think it will be but know that your goals can always be a moving target and just as life goes on as you get older you change and goals but you should always have set goals but they can change along the way and second my last thing is just have fun you know have fun Life is short. I'm halfway through my life. I can't believe the first half has been a great ride. I'm looking forward to the second half, but just have fun. Well said. I love it. I love it. Okay, so um, here's the here's the the funny part or the fun part of the interview. So we do a section uh, called turnaround. So this is basically where you get to ask me any questions that you want. Um, so, and I literally have to ask them, this is something that my staff came up with. So I literally, the floor is yours to ask me. <laughs> now you guys are the interviewers. <laughs> I am curious. What inspired you to start this podcast? Uh, what inspired the create your life series? So initially it started out as a YouTube series, um, where I had the opportunity to go, uh, to Japan to, to speak. I don't know if you guys know a lot about my story, but I grew up in foster care for almost 18 years in California and kind of stumbled into college and literally turned my whole life around. And I have become a motivational speaker after working in the fashion industry and being a host for MTV. And I was going to Japan to speak at the International Foster Care Conference. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, and the night that I found out, I actually like shed a tear because I come from so far away and I said, you know what? A lot of people who grow up in my situation, you know, lower uh, socioeconomic status, et cetera, et cetera. It, we don't get out and we don't see the world. We don't know what is possible because we don't we're not able to see literally see it. Right. So I literally took um, my camera around Japan. I went to seven different cities over 15 days and I literally filmed uh, the different sites and 
um, and I also gave like little nuggets in front of the different monuments of motivation. And so I mixed it together to kind of, you know, show people back home um, and just around the world that, you know, if I could go to Japan and I speak the language and literally create my life, Mm -hmm. then, you know what I mean? You can too. Like I'm not, the only difference between me and you is just the, the desire, you know, exposure really, really changes people's lives. And so that was the inspiration. And then as far as the radio show, I wanted to do something where I could help people on a weekly basis. And Mm -hmm. I'm always very curious about people's how, like, how did you become successful? You know, and what, what are your secrets to success? Like I'm obsessed with Kobe Bryant's work ethic. So I literally was staying up late Mm. at night watching this dude's YouTube videos, um, about everything that other players had to say about him, his work ethic, all of the things that he has to say, all of this stuff, because that's all I all I really look at is where somebody started and where they where they get to. And so even when you, you know, as you guys have just went, you know, as you're being interviewed, I'm literally we're starting from the beginning of your company. And I'm asking you, how is it that you're doing these things and how is it that you're becoming successful? Because I really believe that, you know, the what you can't duplicate. I mean, you know, and the why you can't really do. I mean, you. You can't really duplicate, but the how, how mm-hmm. somebody gets there, you can always duplicate that if you follow it, you know, to uh, to a T or to the best of your right. uh, ability. So, yeah, that's the long drawn out version. Well, <laughs> no, uh, no, but that was very interesting. Thank uh, you for sharing. Let me bounce another question off with Deontay. I had another question, but just hearing this story is interesting. So you said you grew up in foster care. Mm-hmm. And how did you get so grounded? What made like you sound like, you know, a, such a well-balanced um, individual? Mm. Who inspired you? And what motivated you? What you know, growing up, I, you know, I, I can't imagine you know growing up in foster care with like not that motherly love. So what was what gave you that love? What gave you that ambition and was, focus and yeah. success? Was there someone specific? Your that battle you is could twenty times harder than than you know the average person's. Yeah. Um, so there, I had I had a lot of mentors over time um, who 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 took mm-hmm. a, a liking to me. But one of my biggest driving factors was is that I hated my life so much that my real desire was to literally go out and create my life. That, mm-hmm. like, that's where the so name proud. of the show actually comes from, is that when I was 16 years old, I got into a dispute with, with a teacher over a grade, and I left during standardized testing. And uh, my ninth grade photographer teacher, I was in 11th grade at the time, she literally took me into her office and was like, if you don't go back to class, then I'm going to have to call your foster parents. And I said, I don't care. Call them. Like, they're not going to do anything or they're not going to pick up the phone. Lo and behold, she called. That happened. She said, Kevin Brown, what do you want to do with your life? I said, do you really want to know? And she said, yeah, I really want to know. I said, I'm going to create my life. I'm going to move away from here. I'm going to become a host for MTV. I'm going to play uh, basketball. I'm going to have my own clothing company. And I'm going to be happy every day and just live life on my own terms, on my own rules. That's what I have to do. That's what I want to do. And because that was my desire and that was all I thought about literally every single day was getting away from there and how much I wanted to create my life and live on my own terms. That was my motivation. And so if I met people who knew more about life and understood and knew how to teach me to do better and be more then I was all ears for them um, and, and what well, it is that, maybe, they, that they could teach me. What you did, and not just, I, I'm going to ask further questions on the Bianco next, but what you did just to so your audience, here's what you did. This is the, what you just provided in the summary is the keys to success in life and whatever you do. Take hold of your life, 
take out whatever is negative, put it, spin it into something positive. You didn't let that fester in you. You didn't let that create a virus in you to get back in the system, to be angry and bitter at those that made you angry. But then you, you surrounded yourself with the good people and focused on their successes. And it wasn't jealous, wasn't a hater. You know, you said, I'm going to learn and leverage their success, bring it, bring it, put it into my own success, which is if everybody that's listening to those simple things that you did, channel that energy. It's all about energy and channeling it. We'll all be successful. Because I don't need to know how much money you've made or how much money you've lost or how financially little you are. All I need to know is that you've defined success mm-hmm. and you're living your success. So, therefore, you are successful. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I've learned, you know, in having the opportunity to meet a bunch of smart people, right? Even meeting you, you two, you know, live and in person. I think that the biggest thing is that the smartest people will admit and they know that they don't know everything. So you're always open yes. to learning or doing things differently. And I feel like that having just that mindset in itself opens the world of opportunity up to you because you're not closed off because you think that you know the you know, there's always more than one way to skin a cat. You don't think that you are the person who only knows one way. And I think that that Absolutely. is super essential. Absolutely. They say the minute you stop listening, you stop learning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I want to throw it back to you in a sense. Uh, what was your biggest uh, defeat um, and how did you learn, bounce back and learn from that? Biggest defeat. Um, so if it's OK, I'm going to kind of push back on the word defeat and, and put it more so or, into challenges. Yes, um, challenge. I think one of the biggest challenges you know, if you want to get really, really um, down to the to the bare bones of things, one of the biggest challenges that I had was being able to understand how to navigate environments that were different from those that I grew up in and, and learning how to mm-hmm. use um, wit earlier, earlier on using wit and, mm-hmm. and composure over. maybe a physical response to things or a a verbal outlash. I think that that was a big challenge for me, especially like when I got to college um, because it it just never made sense to me. I had, there were people there who were acting, you know, tough, but they weren't from the same type of environment that I was from. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm trying to go away from that and you guys want to be in it because you've never been in it. So that was a, a really... I had that took some shifting and understanding uh, from a mature standpoint. So I think that that was a really uh, big challenge. One that I think is actually, especially being a, a male of color, that is not talked about enough, but is very important because you can't respond to everything and everyone in the same manner, especially when you're moving in different environments and different social circles. I think that that was a right. that was a huge challenge um, initially. Yeah. Now it's just a matter of, you know, it's you fine. really pick the people who you're around and you, you pick and choose how you're going to respond to things. Mm-hmm. No, it's funny. There was, uh, what's his name? Dave Chappelle was, was on a, on an, in an interview and he just, he was saying to the, uh, to the, to the interviewee, because I guess he said, oh, so you can speak very articulately when you want to. He says, yeah, we can speak interview. We can speak when we choose to, right? Just knowing how to move in different circles, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. um, is definitely 
a a asset, right, in this in this country. Um, and the idea of restraint, I think, is another big another big thing you were saying. You know, that's that's to learn that in such a young age. That's very impressive. Yeah, well, it, it just boils down to discipline. You know, some of it is mm-hmm. just going to take discipline. Mm-hmm. Do we got one more question? How many more questions we got that we can ask you? <laughs> you could ask, ask a couple more. All good. Okay, well, the, just to go a little bit in a different direction with the questions, mm-hmm. um, you know, I always believe in leveraging and learning. And one of the things, you know, we, we were fortunate enough uh, about a month or so ago, we were in Canada, we were on this um, uh, talk show, radio show, um, called, what was it called? Um, a Day in the Life, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, and it was a live call-in audience. And we, we talked about some financial literacy stuff mm-hmm. about debt, and it was it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing to have people call in live and being able to respond to their questions and so forth. And we got so many praises from the show. And mm-hmm. really, with our show, with our podcast, that's where I would like to see our next level go. I would love to be on urban radio, mainstream, African Americans of all different people calling in and discussing certain financial literacy topics. Mm-hmm. But we found our challenge is really trying to get onto radio. Mm-hmm. Since you're on radio already, you know, mm-hmm. how do you see us? What would you think the best path for us to go to get on radio so we could be live? Because a podcast is great, and I love being on a podcast. It's all around the world. But, you know, there's still limitations as far as having a live audience. And you've been able to do both, mm-hmm. have your podcast and have a live audience. So I want to get to where you are. So how would we? How would you recommend we do that? Okay. Well, I think there's a, there's a, couple, there's a couple options and a couple ways that that can take place. Um, number one, I would say that if you take somebody like Grant Cardone, are you familiar with Grant Cardone? No. Okay, so check out Grant Cardone's live, live state live uh, show. He does it on YouTube. He doesn't do live radio, but he has a call-in option. So there is an option ah. to actually have a call-in audience on your uh, on your podcast. You just have to get the get the tech together so i think you know what i mean that that's that's something that could be done i saying basically saying that you know i'm seeing it happening on this guy with his youtube channel um and they might just mic the an actual phone he might have a landline and they mic it or somehow or another it's actually you know actually i think you could probably do it through a mixer you know um but just the option as far as getting on the actual radio i think writing up what your show is about what your show does and literally pitching it to a platform is how you want to is how you want to do it. I say identify some networks, um, you know, that are in the in the local market where you are, and literally go up there or make a phone call and ask to speak with the program manager. That's that's how I did. It. That's how I did it. I literally uh, was on somebody's show, and the program manager loved it. I called up there. And was really just going to thank the station manager for supporting me in, in some, uh, you know, just general conversation. I said, you know what? Let me just t- be bold and ask the question. I said, hey, I'm about to start a podcast. It's called the Create Your Life Series. I'm an international motivational speaker. Da 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 da. And I would love, well, are there any slots available? I, I'm about to start a podcast. And she responded, for you, I'll make space. And there was a slot. Oh. I immediately came in the next, you know, like as soon as possible. You know, jumped on the opportunity. I did the write-up. I, you know, had the money ready, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how I got in. But it was re- it really all boiled down to literally, you know, I was ready for the opportunity. You guys obviously are. You're ranked high on podcasts. But, you know, and there's some other things about doing a live radio show that I'd be happy to go in depth with you about. Um, 
you know, in terms of, you know, production and things like that. So, yeah. Amazing. That's a great story. And again, sometimes you just have to make the ask. So, I mean, that's a, a definitely a recurring theme throughout this show. Mm-hmm. You know, a closed mouth does not dead. So well done. Absolutely. Um, now, I'm going to ask one last question because I'm a fellow fashion gal. Okay. Um, I was just curious as to where did your... Uh, your passion for fashion, what was, where did you, what, in what capacity did you work and, and what sparked your interest? Um, okay, so my, my passion for fashion came when I was a kid. I knew that my foster parents, well, they several times told me that they weren't going to buy me the clothes that I wanted to, that I wanted. And so I began drawing mm-hmm. them and I started drawing with a group of friends. And so we literally just came up with our own clothing line there. Fast forward, I went to college, I studied fashion design there. And business, and I literally was designing clothes, had my own line in college, and did all of the fashion shows in Atlanta. Um, and then I came up to New York, and I worked at uh, Parish Nation, um, which is a men's streetwear line. And I worked there for a while. Uh, before that, I was actually a product developer, sorry, um, for Bruce Palmer Product Studio, and I'm a trained uh, designer, but I worked in marketing for Parish. That was so long ago, I'm kind of like, oh man, what did I do exactly? So, yeah. It's a few lives ago. Well, yeah. Very interesting, interesting path to say. Absolutely. Well, like you guys said earlier, you know, you got to enjoy the journey. Yes. It is. You can have many, and, I, and the idea of reinventing. Like I decided to reinvent myself at 40 years old. You know, it's never too, too late. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. To reinvent yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So last question for you guys. Um, what's next for you two and financially clean? Well, for us, hopefully um, the journey will continue and accelerate at the pace it is. I'm, I'm very happy with how we're moving forward. And our goal is, our ultimate goal is to make sure that every child before the age of 18 is financially literate. So until we reach that journey, we're going to keep going at this. Yes, we would like to see our program as a permanent, um, a permanent figure or a permanent part of the school curriculum. That, that's our ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Um, with fully fleshed out curriculum, textbook, um, every child should be learning this in, in, in the classroom. So that that's what's next for us. And with the podcast, we want to we want to make sure that we reach millions of people and we keep changing their lives and they keep adding value and make sure everybody understands those that were not taught and we can get like key financial teachings from our show. And we're hoping to give it to you know uh, to be on the best platform possible to create to impact the largest audience that we can. Mm-hmm. And okay. then um, we have done a podcast event uh, in Canada at the University of Ottawa, Ontario, which went extremely well. And we would love to take our, our podcast on the road um, around the HBCUs and the, and the colleges and what have you around, around the U.S. And really, really create a movement. That's the idea here. Maybe we can put a tour together, you and I. We all can work together. Okay. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I definitely do. So how do, how do we stay in contact with you guys uh, via social media? And, you know, how do, we, uh, how do people get in contact with you if they want to bring uh, Financially Clean to their schools? Uh, well, certainly you can visit our website, financiallyclean.com, and you'll find our contact information there. Uh, you can certainly email me at dnichols at financiallyclean.com. You can also check us out on Facebook. And uh, Instagram, so on Facebook, it's at Financially Clean. On Twitter, it's at, at Financial Clean. Yeah, you can follow me on 
financially, follow me on Instagram at Financially Clean Sean. Um, and you can download and listen to our show on, on iTunes or um, through. Uh, or Stitcher. Or Stitcher. And we're two black guys with good credit. Okay. And my email address is Linda, Linda L Y N D A, at financiallyclean.com. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you both for being on the show. Willie had a, had a blast with you. <laughs> Oh, it was a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And good luck with what you're doing. Um, and keep it moving. And whatever we can do to help help you prosper, please don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Wishing you continued success. Beautiful people. If you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 Create your life.